episode 45 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. First and foremost, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, not even a year into us starting the podcast, we've now reached 1,000 plays. Sweet. So it's a pretty big milestone for us, and just wanted to thank you guys for listening. It really means a lot to us. Yeah, absolutely. I came up quick. The year came up quick and 1,000. They both did. Yeah, we're just slightly under a year. So, you know, it's 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 good that we're going to have like, okay, we hit a thousand in under a year yep. as our first milestone. So maybe next year, you know, it's it's even 5, more. Yeah, yeah. 5,000, exactly. <laughs> and like an interesting goal. Yeah. And here on this podcast, if it's your first time here, we talk about video games and movie news that either happened or what we played or watched over the week. My name is Barry with my co-host here. Uh, my name is still Craig. And just a little bit of housekeeping. If you guys haven't already, we did release a Cyberpunk 2077 special podcast episode talking about the game with a lot of spoiler warnings, but it was a really fun time and our guest Rachel was awesome at yep. explaining the game. She uh, picked up the slack for both of us who didn't put nearly as much time as she did into it. And it shows. <laughs> she, she had every ending. She had every answer. It, it was it was a lot of fun though. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And then with that, we'll get into the news, which we're recording this on a Tuesday, and a lot of I think important news happened last minute. Yeah. So not to drop the past couple of days. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and start off with the Mass Effect uh, Legacy Remaster, whatever you want to call it, finally being, at least having a trailer. And from what a lot of articles that I've been reading and a lot of people have been saying on Twitter is it looks like two, Mass Effect 2 and 3 are going to be uh, just like a re-releases with 4K and everything like that. And it looks like Mass Effect 1 is a partial remaster with, uh, with better controlling of the... I forget the ship's name now. Darn, it starts with an M. <laughs> I don't remember either. It's been such a long time. But, you know, there's there's at least a little bit of hope that this Makeup. game isn't going to just be, you know, a, a cash grab for EA, but we, we still have to see. Yeah. Um, I'm cautiously excited because, you know, obviously in a perfect world, you would love to see all three of them remastered in next gen and just looking super crisp. Obviously, I don't think we're getting that. But as long as it, you know, runs well, they improve the controls from the first and second one to a certain degree. Um, I'm, I'll be there to play through it again. I don't think I've played through the first one since I beat it way, way back in the day on the 360. So it'd be fun to play through it again. Yeah. And it's coming out, I believe in April. Uh, yeah, it's April of this year. So Mass Effect fan looks forward to that. The pre-order for the special edition is already out and you get to a one-to-one replica scale of the helmet. So yep. if you're looking to even remotely cosplay as commander shepherd this here you go there About as close as you can get to the original helmet you know back in the day i may have jumped on this just like i really wanted the halo 3 one that came with the helmet um but i don't know where i'd put it so i don't know if i need isn't it like 200 dollars? i believe it's it's 150 surprisingly when i saw that they were offering the helmet i was expecting at least 300 right but 150 is not too bad, and I'm kind of in the same boat. Had this game still been off of the heels or like not as long of a gap between the original three, I probably would have bought the 
this edition, but to me, it's just not worth it. I'll just get the game this time. Yes. Far too much time has passed <laughs> that my my hype and love for Mass Effect has definitely faded. I'm sure they'll sell sell out of the collector's edition because there's a ton of people who really, really enjoy Mass Effect. Um, yeah. I am one of them, but you know, I think with age comes you kind of second guess the collector's editions a lot. <laughs> You're like, do yeah. I really need that? It's another thing I have to dust on a shelf. Um, I, I probably should invest in like putting everything in glass cases. That way I don't have to dust as much. But that's just that's something you think about when you get older. And I hate it. I hate that that pops <laughs> into my head. <laughs> um, do we talk about what I thought was one of the biggest news, which was college football is coming back? Yeah, uh, that Super was the pumped. second news story I have. So, <laughs> yeah, we can definitely do that. So, no release date. Um, I, he did, the head of EA did say it wouldn't be this year. Um, and then the other thing I thought was interesting is they said they were going to go with no names and no likenesses, um, but also thinking that, you know, that could change in the future. And if it does, they will go with likeness and names. And I hope it gets there because, one, it'd be nice to see the college athletes getting paid for that, even if it's like a, you know, not that substantial of an amount. Um, it just would make it that much better with likeness and names on the jerseys and stuff. But the one thing that I don't want to see is them just to take Madden and put college teams in it. Um, I, you know, they have the time to make this game now. You know, if it takes two or three years, that's fine. But like, I want them to, really rebuild it from the ground up not just reskin a madden yeah that's that's the kind of same fear i have with this going on just yeah. because i i feel like if there's no name or likeness on it this is just going to be a complete cash grab mm -hmm. from them and if it's just going to be a cash grab this game is going to disappoint a lot of people because what people want in you know the the Madden experience, or sorry, the college football NCAA experiences. They want the presentation. They want the they want to be able to like be your own coach and recruit kids. And you know, if I'm not even sure if that's going to be something you're going to be able to do here, <laughs> right? Um, especially if EA is considering this just a cash grab. So that's I I am going to start off pessimistic of this game, and I will probably continue to be pessimistic of this game until we start seeing gameplay and start seeing what the game's going to offer because I, I I am afraid that my hopes are going to get too high for this game. Yeah, and you know, I was way back in the day when you you always had college football and Madden. Um I was always the one that I bought college football and then I would play through my 4-year career with my creative character and then I'd buy Madden and import my character in there. And I did that with the college basketball and NBA games as well. And I think I would be more inclined to buy both if, you know, the college football game is good because as like pointless as that is, you know, of like importing your character when you can just create one in Madden, it always seemed so much better when I had like those four years of stats that would carry over and you would see those stats in Madden when you were playing. I always thought it was just like a small touch. That was really cool. Yeah. And I don't know what it was about college football games, but I always got more enjoyment out of them than I did Madden. So I, man, fingers crossed on this one. Hopefully it's good. Yeah, I just refuse. I refuse to get excited for yeah. it. That's going to be my main thing here. Is I will not. I don't want to see them rush it. So I will be fine if it's not next year. You know, if that's what it takes to get a solid game. And maybe they just 
make a you know a new engine and use it for both college football and Madden. That would be fine. I mean, we're due for a new engine with new consoles anyway. Make it happen, EA. Yeah, one thing uh, we will mention too is I believe they did mention that this game is going to be for next-gen platforms. This is not going to be something that I think we get on PS4 yeah. or Xbox One. I think they even said you know that they're co- it's going to be coming out for the next-gen right. consoles. So, you know, that's Hopefully by the time the game comes out, people can get their hands on both the system and NCAA 21 or 22, whenever it happens. Yeah. 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 What else we got? Nintendo is updating their online service Uh after pretty much two, 20, almost 20 years (laughs) of it being the same. The Monster Hunter Rise demo came out last week. And reports have been showing that it's running on a new like online system, which means if this game is running well online, you will be able to, or Nintendo is probably going to be changing the online system and, you know, the first time in almost 18 years, which is a, a very good thing. Nintendo needs it. Their online system is what lacks probably the most yep. in in their kind of thing but uh an interesting fact too is the nintendo blog or the article i was reading was showing that the splatoon 2 actually had like a checker to see if it was running on windows 98 (laughs) it's it's been like it's been that long since (laughs) you know they've they've been updating their stuff so good on nintendo maybe they're finally starting to listen to to the people you know, my expectations on Nintendo's online capabilities is so low that if they literally changed nothing and came out and said that it supported party chat now, I would be like, this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's really all I all I want. I don't play a whole lot of Nintendo games online, but that's like the main thing that you would think has to be in there. It has to. Instead of these weird workarounds that they've tried to do with different apps and whatnot. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. Uh, Google Stadia, their studios, their gaming first-party studios are shutting down, which I would assume is kind of a precursor to the whole thing maybe shutting down, which I don't think surprises anyone at all. (laughs) Um, It says, when I looked at it today, that you know the games that are all slated to come out this year will come out, but after that, there's really no plans. Um, all the developers that were working on games are they're being looked at to see if they can be put somewhere else in the Google space to work on things. But I think this uh, lasted a lot shorter than I thought it would, honestly. Yeah, I personally believe that Stadia will still be a thing, but I think yeah. Google kind of realized that whatever they're paying these first party studios is going to be worth the subscriber base that they've the very little subscriber base that they've established yeah. for Google Stadia. So if that's the case, they're probably looking at it and go, okay, you know, we'll we'll keep Google Stadia as a thing, only despite the people that thought it was going to get, you know, fail or get canceled. Right. If they do it this way, it's not going to be that big of a deal. I will, if this does shut down, um, I will 100% buy at least like the controller and things when it goes like dirt, dirt cheap, because I have a history of doing that with consoles way back in the day um, with a console that most people probably never even heard of the Atari Jaguar. Um, That was, that was like the first time I did something like that. 
Um, that came out right around the time of the, I believe it was between around this Nintendo 64 and PlayStation 1 era, and it did not go well. Um, the controller was awful. It was huge. It had a, like a number pad on it. Um, but I remember buying one of those in a KB Toys clearance down for like $60 for the console. And it was just, I don't know. I have such a history of like, I love picking up consoles and, and those kind of things when they're about to die for cheap and just kind of yeah. hanging on to them. So I would 100% do that with this, but I just had no interest whatsoever in buying a Stadia or, you know, paying for the monthly fee. But the concept I always thought was good because you could run these games at pretty much max settings and not have to worry about having a beefy computer to do it. So maybe somebody else figures it out better down the line, maybe. Yeah, that's all, that's all we can hope for. Mm -hmm. But you, they still have to compete with whatever Amazon's going to try to do, which, yep. you know, he's, you know, Amazon's rich, so they're going to be doing that. But you, they also have to deal with Xbox, who seems to be doing it really the best right now. Yep. Which is, you know, integrating it with the consoles and doing the stream play stuff, which as long as you have a good internet connection, it is a it is it works really decently well. And I was just thinking about this today. But it reminds me of what the Wii U used to do. Like if you had a game that you could play on a single screen, and let's say the Wii U was in the family room where people were watching TV, you could take the little gamepad and then go and be close to the console and still be able to play. Right. And I just feel like now, you know, you're able to get, take your online stuff with you now more so than ever. So if if I was playing a game and then, you know, my family member wanted to watch something on TV, I could just pick it back up on my tablet. And it's not going to be the same experience, but it's going to be close. Yeah, so. close enough that it's, you know, doable and you're not really suffering too much. So I don't use the the Xbox one nearly as much as I should probably. Yeah, especially considering we're we have uh, ultimate, so it's yeah, <laughs> it's included. I think you, I think you need a good controller. Mm -hmm. And when I got my my Samsung tablet, it came with like a controller bundle, and I, like it's a good actual. It feels like an actual Xbox controller, and I think that makes the difference. Okay, because I tried it on my phone, and I even bought that Razer thing to see right. how it felt. It's not the best feeling thing, and maybe my phone's not big enough, or I just didn't like gaming on the phone in general. But when when I'm in bed and I want to play something just quick or simple game of something, I can just get on Game Pass, get a controller, and I'm good to go. Yeah, such a cool idea. And just two quick things, I'll combine these two. Um, and this is only because I, you know, I was kind of a part of these communities. Is Destiny Two Season of Chosen is announced, so it's kind of like their next season. And on top of that, the Apex Legends Season 8 is now out, uh, and that's today. So you're able to play the new hero, Fuse, and King Canyon, King's Canyon, quote-unquote, destroyed. And right. I've been playing the game. I already won a match, so I feel, feel good about this season already. <laughs> you know, I barely played last season, like very, very little. Um, every time these trailers come out, I'm like, oh, yeah, Apex. I should get back into that. And then for whatever reason, I just haven't been lately, so... Maybe now's the time. Yeah, when we get into our games played, and this is something you may want to do too, is Sony released a PlayStation 2020 wrap-up, mm -hmm. including the stats that you have with your PS5. 
and because I have one, so my my stats are updated. So I just feel like there's you know I'm with Apex Legends. I played a total of 167 hours <laughs> in in Apex Legends, and then behind it was Assassin's Creed. Uh, sorry, but Persona Five Royal mm-hmm. with 106, and you know it even goes into stuff like afternoon or like you know your top day of the week. When do you play games the most? And <laughs> you know, the total trophies earned and it even has like general stats with how many home runs were hit in MLB, the show, how much you played online versus not. And then at the end you get a special, uh, theme for it. That's cool. So, uh, it's, it's cool for people who own a PS4 or a PS5. It works for either. But, uh, as we mentioned earlier in the year, I like when they, the companies do this. I yeah. only need, I can only be shown so many times how many hours i spend on gaming which you know it makes me feel bad but not right yeah the sony one i always thought it was cool but for me since i don't use mine as much it was always kind of like not as impressive to me or not as be like man i play a lot it looks like i don't play a whole lot but if (laughs) microsoft were to send the same thing i would be like oh man yeah (laughs) Uh, i don't have any other news stories so Okay, so so I gotta go. So it's just more quick stuff. Sure. Um, one Resident Evil Village. The uh, one of the producers came out and told us that Lady uh, Dimistru, mm-hmm. I I'm butchering that name, <laughs> but the lady with the hat and yes. uh, in the white dress, they mentioned that in her high heels and hat, she is a whopping nine foot six. <laughs> it, like we it's so funny like i needed the height but it just makes it hilarious and (laughs) everybody comes out with like these height charts now and she's taller than nba players and seeing (laughs) that is probably just one of the funniest things that i've seen out of the internet in a while i'm just i really like how in the message they or in the post that they showed it was funny how they go we've noticed that our you know villains have been taking a lot of interest from the community and (laughs) you know it's because of all it's because of everybody you know simping over their characters right yep. now yep. and and it's funny that they realize that and then they went okay let's just release the height let's release <laughs> the canon height of this vampire they, do you think they actually figured it out or did they just make it up i <laughs> did they go in and be like all right well this this table in this environment would be this tall you know what i mean like did yeah, they actually do like- it <laughs> I feel like they had to have taken Ethan's height and actually okay. measured it. Ethan probably has an actual like canonical height right. to him. So with that, he's prob- they're probably able to get the actual height of her. But that was like some of the funniest <laughs> things I've seen. So I think I've been thinking about this. And for the good of the community and the good of our Twitch channel, I think it's only right that when this game comes out, you find a way to stream it completely in the dark and we get you like some sort of light that will just shine on your face and that's it so it's like completely dark in there yeah i know that's <laughs> what you guys want and i'm not sure if i'm, I'm not sure if i want to but we'll see you know it's think of the every, views barry think of the views yeah but there's also like hundreds of other people that are going to have the same thinking <laughs> we do you know and uh, yes I'm, but they I'm won't they won't have the same charisma yeah yeah my charisma of shuddering behind like the the thing and it'll be interesting it it has it's not a thought that i've said completely no to it's a thought that i've entertained so yeah we're halfway there if that means anything 
That's true. I cannot wait for that game. It's going to be fun. I look forward to it as well. <laughs> With other news, we have MLB The Show is coming to Xbox as it was much expect, uh, expected. You can even find the cover art that came out with the Xbox coloring around it, but it says like PlayStation Studios at the bottom. Mm-hmm. The game is set out to come out April 20th. Now, there was no gameplay, which was unfortunate, but the game is also coming to PS5 and PS4 as well with crossplay. So Xbox players will be able to play with PlayStation as well. And for a lot of people who are a fan of football, uh, sorry, baseball, <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the definitive kind of baseball game that it has been for a while. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do because over the past couple years, MLB has kind of gotten a little a little stale with all the modes that they've been adding and stuff, but with next gen versions coming out, I'm interested to see what they do. Yeah. It's such, it's the weirdest looking box art I've seen in a while. Just throws you off a a green, you know, Xbox box with a PlayStation logo in the corner. (laughs) And I think, uh, and I think for Sony, this only is good. Like it only does wonders for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it, there are going to be people who have just gotten the Xbox and are like, oh man, I can finally play a baseball game. And every time you load up that um, that game, it's going to say PlayStation Sony Studios. Yep. So it's, <laughs> you know, for Sony, it's, it's, it's almost like a jab at that because yep. of the fact that, you know, people have to play their game and that's not something that PlayStation has a problem with. There is no first party game that is on Xbox that PlayStation needs to have and over the past couple of years, you haven't missed much if that's right. the case. Right. But yeah, they're gonna they're gonna sell a ton on Xbox, I'm sure. Um, you know, I saw a couple just comments online on on one of those stories saying like, "Good, that's the only reason that I bought a PlayStation." But I guarantee you, that's the minor minor amount of people who are saying that. Um, yeah. I can't think too many people are only buying a PlayStation for MLB the Show, but. It only helps them, you know, for the people, you know, who don't buy a PlayStation, they're still going to get some money out of them anyway, because they're buying their game. So it's a win-win for them. Yeah. And one thing I do want to mention is, you know, there is a lot of people who are kind of online and it's a small majority of them that are saying that, Yeah. oh, you know, this is a Sony product. Why are Xbox getting this? Xbox is still trash. Like, <laughs> guys, stop the console war stuff. Like, <laughs> for real? Just, yeah. Just be happy that people can play a baseball game. And not only do both systems get baseball games, you can play it cross-gen. So, you know, if there if there's a friend that's able to grab an Xbox but not a PlayStation, and especially because this is coming out on April 20th, I'm going to guarantee we're going to be in the same console situation that we are right now. Yep. So even with people who have friends that play PlayStation, you might have a friend that was able to get an Xbox but not a PlayStation. So if you both like MLB, you're going to be able to play together. And that's what matters. Yep, you know, that's, exactly. That, that's the good side of it all. There's no need to yell at everybody else because, you know, one console's getting one game and the other's trash or something like that. <laughs> Very true. Then just to, uh, I'll make it quick here. Uh, yep. God of War PS5 update came out with 4K and 60 frames. That came out today. I haven't played it yet. I was um, playing some other games on my PlayStation. I was playing Apex, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> so I, the, it's downloaded, just hasn't been played yet. 
the okay. new Tesla model cars came out and there is an ad for Witcher 3, which <laughs> I'm kind of wondering what these uh, Tesla cars are running on. Because like, imagine if you can get Steam on that, if it can run Witcher 3. That'd be wild. Like, you know, you have you have your disgruntled teenager in the car for a road trip and he can Bluetooth a controller and play a game <laughs> or something in the car. That, you know, that'll probably get him to shut up or something like that. And then the only other thing I have is Cheers and Call of Duty Warzone are causing chaos, causing pro players to stop playing the game. Yep. And, you know, there isn't a lot being shown out about the, you know, the cheating in this, but, you know, Warzone's the most popular game. People are always going to find find ways to cheat. Mm -hmm. And it kind of sucks that um, the competitive scene is probably what's going to get hurt the most. Yes. I've been this. playing it, you know, a little bit more always around the time when there's like 30 days or so left in the season is when I go back in. I'm like, all right, let me make sure I clear enough levels to pay for the next season pass. And the past couple, like probably about the past week or so, I have noticed uh, a huge uptick in cheaters in lobbies now. And it's, they're not even like trying to hide it. Um, it's pretty bad right now it's to okay. the point where I just kind of stopped playing it and i'm like all right this is pretty much not 100 percent unplayable but it's it's almost getting there yeah it sucks but at least talking about games we played for the week we've been having we've had a game that's been able to keep our mind off of things yep that's true so, good transition so we're you know i try you know it's sometimes they just write themselves <laughs> with with the game we played this week craig and i both played and beat the xbox exclusive the medium yep the first uh, next gen only game on the xbox yeah uh, well, i mean that's what they're calling yeah, it <laughs> yeah we'll get more into it but i'm yep. just trying to think should we go into spoilers i mean i don't see why end? not people if you don't want to hear spoilers you can skip ahead probably i don't know 10 minutes well, or here's, so. here's what i'm gonna do i'm just writing a note for myself okay we'll talk about gameplay and stuff beforehand Mm -hmm. And then the moment we t we talk about spoilers, I'm going to make a footnote in the uh, time time stuff. Sure. So let's try to keep it away from spoilers until we want to talk about it. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Post-production Barry here. If you're looking to not have any spoilers or anything else on the medium revealed to you, please skip to 43 minutes and 30 seconds on the podcast. Now... I know this is, you know, even you mentioned it, the first next-gen only game right, right now for for Xbox. But I have to say it doesn't feel like that. No, it does uh, not. <laughs> in a lot of ways. this And just to get it straight out, I did enjoy this game. I did have fun with it. But one, I really don't see why this game is a next-gen only platform, you know, game. Mm -hmm. Because it's not that technically impressive, at least from my point of view. No, I mean, I think some of the environments looked good. None of it I thought was like spectacular, like, ooh, next gen. I honestly think they only put it on next gen just based on the fact of having the, you know, like the times when you're split into the two different worlds, having that run simultaneously. I don't yeah. know if it would cause an issue on last gen Xboxes, but it might. And I guess that's the issue I'm having mm -hmm. with the game is the fact that it would be a different story if I could go between the worlds at will. Right. But that's not something that this that this game actually does. That's you how they advertised it too, almost. It, I felt yeah, like that, 
yeah, that's how I felt like they did it as well. It was, I felt like I was going to be able to go between the two worlds at will to solve puzzles and do everything like that. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case in this game. As a medium, the game pretty much tells you, okay, these are sections when you can go between the two worlds. And when you're forced to walk through both of them at the same time, I feel like the worlds are pretty different. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is kind of worth it. But when you're for for an, ex for an example eventually in the game you use a mirror to go back and forth between the worlds whenever you want and i think early on the levels were a lot different but later on in the game the levels are the the difference between the real world and the par uh, paranormal i guess is what i'll call it world is very very slim mm -hmm. and that kind of thing wore wore down on or kind of the excitement of it all wore out on me pretty quickly yeah i think the parts that stand out the most for me when you can see both at the same time were the cutscenes. i thought it was cool that like in the paranormal side of things she might be talking to a character and then on the other side she's obviously standing there by herself i thought that was cool um and a good way to do it and it's definitely stronger in the beginning when you see the other worlds at the end especially the way way end like yeah, they're going especially. for a they're going for a certain look and everything in the paranormal world just looks the same it's it's just kind of like like a brown and red colors and bones and that's pretty much it <laughs> but, yeah it's yeah go ahead. well yeah like that and you're hitting the point on the nail there it's just mm -hmm. the fact that when it's doing the two of the same thing uh, two worlds like cutscene wise I love what they do with the camera angles it's two different yep. camera angles occasionally it's really engrossing to see that and I loved when we did when the game would do that but mm -hmm. it doesn't do it enough no it doesn't <laughs> for for it to be worth it and even at the very final final part of the game like the, the it was striking to see you know the two different sides of everything but I won't get into the ending just yet because yep. really, I guess the, the only two other things that I really have bad to say about this game was one, the fixed camera angle is it's a it's resident evil not, angle. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> just not great. And it would be one thing if like you can make the camera angle fixed, but let me move it an inch or two to the right or left <laughs> just to make sure I'm not missing anything. That had to have been an, an intentional choice to throw back to that older style of game, right? The PlayStation 1 era Resident Evil horror game, Silent Hill did it as well, where it was just every... I think it had to do more with like being able to load quicker on older, like the older consoles back in the day, but it was definitely a design choice that they made, I think, to throw back to that. And there's a reason that we don't do that nowadays in games. And that's the main thing is like certain areas you might get stuck or you can't find something that you need to find because of the way the camera's angled. Um, yeah. So they still could have done it, like you said, and give you a little bit of control to kind of modernize it a little bit and it would have been better. Um, I got used to it when I was playing the game, but it's definitely something that is, it's jarring when you first start. Yeah, it it like I said that there's I did like the game. The storytelling wise, it's great and it's what carried me through the game. Mm -hmm. It's just those things, and there are 
it's it's a walking simulator so be yep. prepared you know you yep. are going to be doing a lot of walking slash running or whatever that version of running is in the game <laughs> running it i swear is the same speed as walking <laughs> like i you hit the run button and she has an animation of running but it's more of like a jog and like i there was lots of times where i would do the run and then do the walk like one after the other and be like this is the same speed it's 100 <laughs> percent the same speed <laughs> But I, don't know. Really, I think it was more just to build tension though yeah and and force you to look for things but on right. top of that like the beginning of the game was very hard to get into for mm -hmm. like at one point in the beginning of the tutorial you're taught how to use insight and then you don't use it for another three hours mm -hmm. and people are getting stuck on puzzles in this game because one the game the game doesn't tell you after an hour of struggling with it to, oh, use insight or, oh, maybe look here. So the game doesn't do the best job of trying to help the player when they're stuck. But stuff like when you're outside the, the hotel area, you need to look for a lever to open a door. Mm -hmm. And it is this it's a pretty big area considering how far you have to walk. And at one point I was I had to walk just all around the map in order to get a clue of where I was looking for. And then eventually this lever that I'm looking for is inside a car. Yeah. in the trunk and, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, and that itself would took me like 45 minutes to figure out because I'm looking around, looking for something on the ground and I just continue to pace around the same area of, right. of it all. And again, I really like this game, but there are, it almost feels like it should have been like an Xbox one or a PS4 game. Yeah. In a lot of ways. I, I do want to like give it credit cause it is a smaller team that made this yeah. game. Um, they made layers of fear, which is also a good game as well is, but is also kind of a walking simulator. Um, Blair Witch project as well. Yeah. Blair Witch project. I didn't care for that one as much, but, um, they are doing a lot with a smaller team. Uh, I didn't have the issue with finding that lever. Luckily, I found it right away, but I did get stuck on like the bookcase deal, which a lot of people got stuck on as I kind of checked through. Um, but even that kind of reminded me of back in the day, not being able to figure something out and like trying to Google it to figure out what to do. Um, I spent a good probably half hour Googling to figure out what to do with the bookcase section. So I don't know if that's the right nostalgia you want to put into games. But they did. <laughs> yeah, and then with that, what we're going to do is I am now writing a note for when this... We're going to talk about spoilers now. Sure. So, spoilers for this game. Mm -hmm. um, the story itself does take a really dark turn, and it, yep. uh, it really starts going into stuff that I haven't seen games really go into in a while. There's story of rape. Mm -hmm. There's a story of like government corporate espionage and torturing like heavy mm -hmm. with it and the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah. And the Holocaust. You're right. Like there, yep. this game takes a lot of um, liberties and how it tells its story. Yeah. And you know, they put that when you first turn the game on, they have that warning that pops up about like talking about some sensitive issues and I kind of glossed over that, but like, they're not kidding. Yeah. Like, this stuff is like, there's, it's dark. A lot of it is real dark. Yeah. And Marianne herself is a pretty likable character. I think throughout it, you know, there's, 
there's the time when you get the bolt cut cutters and she drops the f bomb like yep. f and finally yeah and it's just like i agreed with that because you can see the bolt cutters for like two hours but you yeah. can't get to them so <laughs> when you finally do it's nice yeah so stuff like that is good is great the i guess uh, we'll talk about the ending for me and mm -hmm. it's really ambiguous with what the ending is and what it's doing you i guess we won't spoil everything but the the ending leaves it up to interpretation whether or not you killed yourself or you killed someone else right and i don't know if i needed that you know <laughs> like the like I, I get the I get the the kind of ending where everything doesn't go right and you can kind of leave it all up to to chance, mm -hmm. but I feel like if that was the case, they should not have also maybe teased the next one, because at the after the credits you get a cutscene of one of the other characters that you play as walking away from the whole hotel, and if you're gonna be ambiguous about who died. I just don't think that was the right place to to also go, oh, we there might be another one. Like we don't know if there's right. gonna be another one or not. And I and I know what I have is a slight gripe with it, but it, it's just how it's just how I feel and the ending for any game is paramount. It is. Um yeah, that ending for me, I I didn't really take it as any other way that, you know, she killed herself seeing as how I don't see there's any other way that you can, you know, get away from the Maw, right? The main villain that's just constantly chasing you throughout the game. Um, I don't, like, if they're leaving it open to, she could have possibly, you know, shot her sister. I don't think that really would have accomplished anything because the Maw really doesn't want anything to do with her sister at all. Um, he's really only focused on you since you're the, I mean, her sister technically, I guess, is a medium as well, but he's really only interested in, in the main character as a medium because that can get him to go into the real world. Um, the ending, I didn't think it was the greatest, but it works for me in that a lot of horror movies um, tend to end. Thing? Yeah, tend to end on bad notes, right? Where you think, oh, they, you know, the good guys got away. And then at the end, they're like, oh, nope, no, they didn't. Killer's still out there. Um, and obviously, regardless of what ending you think happened or I think happened or what they are going with, obviously, the Maw is still going to be out there. He didn't really go anywhere. Um, I don't know if I would be interested in playing another game with the other character. I wasn't a huge fan of his. Um he was okay, but like I liked her. He was her. meant to be powerful, right? And that's what he yep. felt like, especially considering Marianne doesn't feel that way, right? He, he has like fine. his his defensive shield, which I thought was cool. But um, I you would think they'd probably end up going and making another one because this one has done pretty well. It said they already made back their uh, their cost to develop some. I don't know how that works with Game Pass downloads, but however that works they said they've already made their money back so that's a good thing um it's the first game of this year that i confidently put on my top 10 list for now it could end up getting bumped who knows but we've had what two games this and hitman yeah um and hitman i did not put on my list so it was nice to be like all right you know it's it's february now but 
it's January and I've already got a one game on my list. That's a good feeling. So I there is a lot of problems I have with this game, but I still had enough of a good time with it that I think it is a, a game that should be recommended to everybody. As long as you're okay with very dark undertones and themes in your games. Yeah, you have to be ready to kind of talk about or have a thought of these issues. If you're if you even have any sort of doubt about how you feel about these issues, I probably wouldn't play it unless you're in the right mindset. Yeah. For it, because when we were playing it, I kind of played it with a blank slate. I didn't know what was being talked about, but yeah. now that I now that I do know how and you suddenly figure out kind of all of the bad things going on in this game, it's kind of like, oh, this is pretty dark. Yeah. Um which, you know, a lot of games are usually like, oh, murder dark, that kind of thing, but not usually the psychological issues of right. of what some of the characters go through. And I guess the only other thing I want to complain about this game, I guess, is in the ending, I do not know why Lily Ann's, uh, Marianne's sister, why her version of the medium is a child with a mask. Yeah. Because throughout the game... You are putting these masks on dead people and helping them cross over to the other side. Right. Why is Lillian have the same mask as everybody else when one Lillian is still alive mm -hmm. and two she's older? So, like it, it's that kind of stuff that I kind of felt like maybe went a bit through a bit more of the wayside. And even when rewatching some of the ending stuff, Lillian hide hides behind the mall at one point. Yeah. During that whole scene. And it's like, what are you doing? You wanted this to end. <laughs> and I know Mary, they just don't create. I think I have, and it's, I guess it's hard to explain it, but I understand the ending more. If I have that connection to sadness, because mm -hmm. throughout the game, I have that connection to sadness. I want her to do well, but then at the right at the end, you're to, uh, you know, or toward the end, you find out that sadness is your sister and that can i just don't know why that connection felt different to me yeah. because um because of everything that they have to go through and I, I will say as well the the maw is a really like good antagonist for this game troy baker does an outstanding job with just saying some of the creepiest stuff <laughs> yeah um and he made he made those kind of chase sections and stealth sections a lot of fun for me yeah and they could have been super boring so that's <laughs> you know i got my negative thing and i drowned it out with a super positive troy baker and the maw it was awesome it was so him constantly fun. saying he wants to put on your skin suit yep <laughs> you know, so yeah those skin suit <laughs> those chase scenes which have kind of become a staple in horror games now um can get real old real quick and i think like the first time you run away from him. I was getting a little irritated, but that's just because it was not as clear as it should be on where you're supposed to be running to. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think they they vary up the encounters enough with him that it every time is is pretty cool. And you're constantly on edge about when he's gonna come back, which is what you want in a game like that. Like there is not a time in that game where you feel comfortable, right? Like even when you're just looking around, you're like, oh man, something could he could literally be I could turn the corner, go through this doorway, and he could be right there. I don't know. Um, so that's always, a, I guess, not a good feeling, but good in those type of games to keep you on edge the whole time. Yeah. The medium overall is a, is a play at rating. And mm -hmm. if you have Xbox Game Pass, and you can get through some of the horror parts, 
Um, this game is a definite definite play, and I think coming from me, who doesn't <laughs> like horror games, I have fun with it still. This is the good warm up game for Resident Evil. Now I'm yeah, ready. Bring on Resident the, Evil. It's the same thing I said. Yep. Did you play anything else? I did, but I was okay. going to let. Did you end up playing anything else, or was that I played one other thing? Um, okay. I broke out the old Oculus again, um, and I played Jurassic World Aftermath. Um, which if you don't know, if people out there don't know what it is, if you've ever played Alien Isolation, um, it's kind of along those lines, except replace the alien with dinosaurs. Uh, so you're just trying to, you're on the, the island that Jurassic Park takes place on, and you kind of crash land on there, just like in the movies, I guess, the second movie or third movie. Um, and you're just trying to basically get off the island and constantly hiding from dinosaurs. And it works really well in VR. Um, you get a cool scale of how big dinosaurs are, which is really cool. I love the Jurassic Park movie, so anytime I get a chance to experience those worlds is really cool. But getting to actually be there, and I'll put that in quotation marks, but in VR is a real cool feeling. Um, right when you crash land, you know, a T-Rex walks up to your plane and seeing him just kind of towering over you is a really cool feeling. Uh, my only only gripe I have with the game so far is they went with a comic book style look instead of like a more realistic look. And I think it would do better in a more realistic look. I'm not a hundred percent against the comic book style, but it's just not as good visually as I think it could be. And maybe that has to do with the limitations of the hardware. Um, yeah. but I think it is an Oculus only game, but for, it was just something different. I didn't want, more games where I'm shooting things. So I was trying to find something that was different. And this is definitely that, you know, sneaking around and unlocking doors and hitting switches and hiding from Velociraptors is a lot of fun. So that's another one that I would add on there. If you get an Oculus that you should probably, probably go with and pick up when you first get it. It's just a good experience all around. Cool. All right. And then with, with me, I'm going to be on my anime uh, <laughs> thing here. Well, I'm ready for this one. I picked up Atelier Riza, uh, Riza 2, Lost Legends and the Secret Fairy. That's the longest now, title ever. It's a weird title. It took. I'm pretty sure I didn't even pronounce Atelier right, but it's a French <laughs> word. There's an L in it, and it's pronounced a Y. It's difficult. I know yep. Spanish, not French. But um, this game is a follow-up to a very popular, um, the other game, uh, Atelier Riza, and... Who I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember the first one. Something secret hideouts and something like that. But nevertheless, I'll get into the game. Uh, first off, you don't need to play the first one, really, in order to understand what's going on, which is nice. I haven't had to... I did watch a video on what happened in the first one. Really, the only thing you know is it's a time skip and characters kind of grew up. That's really all you need to know about this game. Um, it's JRPG. It is super anime. It is <laughs> it screams anime um, in a lot of ways. But uh, I think the, uh, I've been enjoying the game so far. It has it. It has a lot of unique things that I guess I'm not used to. One, the main character you play as, uh, her name is Riza. She's an alchemist. So after missions, you can go collecting in like the free roam areas where monsters are and you can use those items to craft stuff to to use in the game 
where and use against uh, and use against monsters or blow up to get blow up things to get other resources and that's something where a lot of the time like in final fantasy you find these items you find potions or you find bombs or you find this in this game you can craft them and it's it's really interesting how the how deep the alchemy system is i don't go that deep into it but you can craft some insane stuff with insane characteristics and the combat itself is also i think enjoyable it's a mix of real time and turn based to where you, you there's pretty much a wheel that starts showing okay this person here are you, all of your team's moves and here are the enemy's moves and as you slowly get closer to the circle that's when it's time your time to act so when you can finally attack in between you can guard of enemy attacks and you can also when it's time to hit people you can do special abilities and regular attack and it's a really fun interactive way i think to do combat and it kept me playing it and, and that's the main thing if the combat is fun this game is something i can play the story i haven't really gotten that far into yet um we just discovered some ruins so i'm <laughs> I'm go- I'm going through some ruins, but the the art in this game it's anime, and I'm gonna say it it is very pretty. Okay. The the art in this game and the it takes still shots of whenever you on PlayStation at least uh, there's a still shot every time you get a achievement or a trophy, mm-hmm. and just some of the they usually time it with chapter endings in the game, and usually the chapter ending is like a really pretty picture of of anime um, (laughs) is what i'll call it and you know i can't help but look at it and go wow this is like a really pretty drawn out picture Mm -hmm. and you know i i enjoy the game is i've been rambling i feel like i'm rambling (laughs) about this game more so than it probably deserves is this like a hundred hour game do you think oh yeah okay and you know what? It, it might not be because from what I've seen of the game so far from other people playing it and other people reviewing it, it may not be something that's a hundred hours, maybe like 80 or, or 70, <laughs> right. which, you know, if you can cut, cut off 20 hours of a game, it's probably worth it. But this, this is a game like I'm not going to binge. I feel I'm going to continue to come back to because it is fun enough to continue to play, but um, unless it's Persona Five for me, you're un- or unless it starts gripping me like Persona Five does, I don't think it's something I'm going to be coming home and playing for eight hours straight. <laughs> you just take a an hour or two here and there. Yeah, or an hour or two during the weekend when you know right. I get when I get angry at playing Apex Legends and losing for the four hundredth time in a day, <laughs> I can go play that game and automatically feel better about myself. How do they continue to like? pump out 80 hour jrpgs like 10 times a month i feel like like how does that happen there are so many japanese (laughs) studios now yeah and this game has been out in japan for i think a couple months already okay and you know once you reach enough outcry and that kind of thing the the developers go okay here we'll we'll release the game in the west and you know, this game doesn't have um, an English voice cast, so <laughs> I'm reading everything. Right. And, you know, and with that, and that's going to be something that people, I guess, have to get used to, is you have to pay attention to this game. It's not something where 
there could be a little bit of dialogue shown and you can listen to it, but maybe your eyes are reading something else or you're playing or texting on your phone. Mm-hmm. That's not the case with these type of games. It was the same thing with Fire Emblem, uh, sorry, Tokyo Mirage Sessions FE. Um, and this game, there is no English dub. So you have to, so I'm, I'm paying attention when playing these games. I'm not doing something else or trying to do two things at once with when I'm playing this. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, I, I know by looking at the cover of that game that I knew it wasn't for me. But it is funny when these games pop up and I'm like, that's berries. Barry will get that. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I, I, at least one of us is trying these, though. That's the important yeah, thing. And, and I guess it's the curse I bear. Is, <laughs> it's what it is. And, you know, the there's an RE0 game that came out, or ReZero. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a light novel. I don't think it's going to be my type of game. But, you know, you tell me it's my type of game. And I'm like, I start questioning <laughs> myself. Should I get this? Like, is this my type of game? But, um, you know, you, for a while there, it was these were the games you handled and I handled the horror games. And now you're starting to venture into the horror genre. So maybe that means I have to venture into the JRPG anime genre. Yeah. No, you don't want to. <laughs> trust me, it's it is such a it's such a dark hole. And trust me, I think more of the horror games are definitely going to be your spot. But there's yeah. so much hype around, you know, Resident Evil and oh, the for sure. as well. Where I just I was compelled to play them. Where with Alteria Riza Two, you know, it was it's not a game that everybody's like drop what you're doing and play it or right. that kind of thing. So it's. You know, I understand it's my curse to bear and who knows, maybe I start, maybe, maybe by the end of this month, I buy art re zero and, and I play it. I don't think I will because it looks like a visual novel and mm-hmm. that's not, that's not a game. You won't, I don't think you'll see me ever review a visual novel. So. <laughs> yeah. Those, those like I back so far away from visual novel type games. They are so not my thing at that point. Like for me, I'm just like, I could just read a book. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, and I'm already reading like the the Star Wars stuff that came out, mm-hmm. um, like earlier I think this month, yeah, or earlier in January. So like I, I'm already reading a book. I don't need to be reading a book while stuck at my desk. Correct. Yeah, that's I only played the two things this week. I, the medium took up the majority of my week. Yeah, same here, and just the little sprinkle of a bit of rise of two while I was doing this. (laughs) So then with that, we'll go ahead and get into movies. Yeah. Which for me, like I've been looking at a couple movies, uh, expect next week. I will have a review of weathering with you. Mm -hmm. Um, another anime film, but it's in 4k and I'm really interested to see what anime is in 4k. If it's any different. So crisp, clean uh, lines. Yeah, it it better be. Yeah. (laughs) So, I'm interested to review and look at that. And other than that, like we're, we're on to WandaVision now. WandaVision episode four. We're, we're cruising. Well, yeah, we're that moving right cool. along. I thought that the, after we watched it, I was like, man, we're technically, we're almost halfway through already. Yeah. And it's because they released the two episodes in one week. Right. Uh, but they did that. I think for a good reason that like the, the black and white isn't for everybody. And if you can kind of binge those two episodes, people mm-hmm. um people kind of get over the black and white very quickly agreed yep now this 
this episode doesn't do much for kind of the present of what's going on with mm-hmm. WandaVision. It's setting up everything in the background. Yeah, we got we got a big info dump on what's going on, which I'm exactly. okay with. Yeah, and Marvel has always done a good job of kind of showing the good and the bad of things, and this was the first time we really see the bad yeah. of the blip of what is what they call it with you know, people returning from Thanos' snap. And in this case, and I did the, and I'll mention it before, I did the same thing that you've been talking about, which is um, like looking at all the Easter eggs. I finally cracked down and watched like three half an hour videos (laughs) on all the Easter eggs. Which are, the Easter egg videos are longer than the actual episode. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But that's because they're explaining everything. Yep, yep. So with episode four, like it's big. So... You know, it starts off with your you're playing as one of the sorry, not playing. We're, we're into movies now. <laughs> you it pops into a hospital where, you know, a, a girl is being brought back from the blip, and you know she's looking for her mother, but it's been four years later and her mother died, yep. so she has to come back to that. And then this girl, and this was kind of the most surprising part about about it to me. But if you watch Captain Marvel, this girl is the daughter of the air of the airplane pilot right in captain marvel and now she's grown up to the point where um she is one of the corporals i guess i think that was her title um at sword yep and you're more of the comic book guy so i should let you go into it i i I'm, a, I'm almost i'm a, i'm starting to confuse myself already because i'm not that big of a comic book person. right that is uh monica right is that her name yeah monica yep and then her mother was the one who was friends with captain marvel in the captain marvel movie um so yeah you're seeing her as you know grown up um i'm assuming probably in her early 20s if we're going by the time frame maybe 30s hard to tell but um yeah her mother uh was the one who actually we find out was the one who started sword which i thought was kind of cool um she comes back from you know her daughter monica comes back from the blip which was the snap this was when Hulk snapped and brought everybody back, um, which I thought was cool. But it also, you know, puts a, a time frame in for when WandaVision is happening, right? Which is cool. So we're between Endgame and Spider-Man Far From Home, I believe, is what they're going for here. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we find out that Monica obviously is the one that in the previous episode got thrown out of Wanda's area that she has created um we get two returning characters from the marvel universe and i'm blanking on the guy's name do you remember the agent uh agent Wu. yeah from ant-man and one of the highlights of the episode was him doing the card trick that uh, ant-man did previously i thought that was so cool that when he pulls out his card he's doing the same card trick um but we get to see what exactly is going on on the outside of this town that Wanda has completely taken over. Um, and then you get the return of, um, why am I blanking on everybody's name? From so Thor. this, <laughs> I don't remember her name either, but she right. was the scientist and now right. she has her PhD. Um, yep. She's the girl from two broke girls. Cat Denning, cat something. Um, I don't know why I'm like, I'm usually, I try to uh, keep everybody's name in my head before we go through WandaVision. Cause I'm always bad about, forgetting people's names cat dennings is the actress but yes she was in thor um and she is being called in among other scientists from different fields to figure out exactly what is going on 
in this town that, you know, most people can't don't know that this town exists anymore. Like we get the scene where um, Agent Wu is talking to two police officers standing in front of the sign of this town and he's asking about it, and they're like, that's not a town. What are you talking about? Um, so Wanda has completely taken over this town, erased it from everybody's memory, and only certain people are not affected by it. Um, trying to think, trying to go in order here because it's been Friday since I watched it. So I'm probably going hazy on some of the facts here. We don't really get too much of a progression in the story of Wanda. We're watching everybody figure out a way to tune in to what Wanda's doing. And, you know, Kat Denning's character figures out that the uh, the signal that she's getting can be plugged into an old style TV. And she's basically watching these sitcom episodes. They all are trying to figure out what's going on. We get the explanation of how Monica got into Wanda's town. You get the explanation of the beekeeper, which is a guy trying to tunnel into the town. I just like it was such a good info dump of this is why this is happening. This is why this is happening. Um, and then we also got what I thought was the coolest moment was, you know, near the end, Wanda seeing Vision as he really is. Which yeah, is, that was a, that was an interesting jump scare. Like, yeah, scare me. Right. Because they kind of for, to, for like. They kind of go they show him before they jump to his face. Yeah. Um, when he when he when he's dead. Right. But I heard I had a lot of people were saying like that was a jump scare for them. Yeah. Yeah, and that, you know, that was something I've been thinking about this whole time. Is his he actually alive? Is he not? So we got a definitive answer. He is not. Um, he is he is dead as dead can be. And Wanda is just keeping this whole thing alive. I don't think we've gotten a definitive answer as to why she's doing this yet. But Sword is trying to figure out a way to get into her. We find out that the person who keeps asking, you know, who's doing this to you, Wanda, at the end of every episode has been Agent Wu. Um, and man, it's just it's set up so much that like every week I'm like, man, that was the best episode so far. And then the next one comes out like, man, that was the best episode so far. And it's just one of the things that I thought was hilarious is everybody has been complaining. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people about like, we want to know what's going on. And then we finally get this episode and everybody's like, yeah, but what about the sitcoms? <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're like, oh man, we're not going to get to see the 80 sitcom now. It's, it's like people aren't, are never happy, but man, it's setting up for something crazy. You can tell. Uh, I, I don't know if Wanda is the actual only villain you know or if somebody else is putting her up to it they haven't explained that part yet but it's very obvious that wanda has completely you know of it's completely avoiding reality at this point mainly because she's upset that vision is dead and she didn't get the happy ending that she wanted but i think we wait for where it goes we're still waiting for dr strange to show up so i don't think i missed anything did i there's a lot no. going on <laughs> No, I, I really don't think you did. Like, it's just that everything that's been going on really seems to be based on, like, what she would have watched when she was younger. Right. So, you know, you have... The reason we're doing these sitcoms and things is most likely because this is a vision of what Wanda thinks a perfect family life is. Mm -hmm. And... It's it's just nice to see like they're they're doing so many cool things with this TV series that I I just hope that they continue to 
to build on it and that this series can continue to build on its um it's the momentum it has because it has a lot right now and yeah i think it's it's setting up for such a massive like payoff that if it doesn't pay off it's going to be such a disappointment yeah and the and the one thing i do want to say because i i watched so much this week to the point where i've seen some of the like promo Mm -hmm. for for the next episodes i would say don't watch that yeah i try not to (laughs) yeah yeah definitely not definitely don't watch it so just a tip from your from your friendly podcaster (laughs) that's true but man if you're not watching the show and and i mean i think if you're interested in marvel at all you're probably watching this show but if you if you haven't watched marvel things at this point you really should be getting caught up on all this stuff because it's one of the if not the greatest, you know, revolving uh, world we have going on in in movies today, for sure. Yeah. It's crazy. Did you watch anything else? Nope, that's it for me. Uh, I watched The Little Things on HBO. Um, okay. Denzel Washington and Jared Leto. It has to do with the serial killer. Um, this was also the first movie of the year to go on my top 10 list, so it feels okay. good to add things to my list finally. Um, Denzel Washington is just, you know, he's a cop that was in LA. He left, um, because of a case that went wrong. Um, and he ends up back in LA and gets involved with this serial killer case that's going on. Um, Jared Leto plays the person that they're interested in as this possible serial killer. There's a lot going on that I don't want to give away. I thoroughly enjoy like suspenseful thriller type movies and i thoroughly enjoy movies that center around like serial killers and that kind of stuff i don't know what that says about me (laughs) but uh, i i had such a good time with this i saw a lot of people online saying that they were confused and they didn't understand the ending i didn't get that like if you're paying attention it's pretty obvious you know what the ending is going for um but if you're into that type of stuff at all or if you're looking for a good thriller or something new to watch it's on hbo so you can watch it there. Um, but I really, really enjoyed this a lot. So I I highly, highly recommend it. Cool. That's and all I watched. I, I need to start watching more of the movies coming out. It's mm-hmm. just that lately it's just been I get home and like I'm playing video games or something yep. like that. And even something that's been kind of taking me by storm is I'm I'm a fan of Barstool Sports. And one of the things that came out with this week is Surviving Barstool. It is a survivor take with Barstool employees. Okay. And I've just been having a lot of fun watching that. Um, <laughs> some people know what Survivor is. Other people don't. So you have this person who's already looking for like a totem in order to avoid getting eliminated in one of the rounds. And everybody else is like getting blackout drunk. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I've been enjoying it. And it's something where it's on YouTube and it's free. If you have a minute to watch it, like it's, it's entertaining. Even okay. if even if you don't watch Barstool, and they're only thirty minute episodes, so it's not it's not something that's going to take up a lot of your time. And on top of that, too, is they're airing it every day with the finale being on Thursday or Friday, I think. Okay. So the moment I'm done with this podcast, I'm about to go watch uh, the newest <laughs> episode just to see what happens. Just because it, um, I I keep up with their writers and I like the content they put out. So I I I know some of the writers that are in this series. Mm-hmm. But I'm, it's still fun to play with, and I'm having fun, and I'm and I'm enjoying it. So 
I'm a sucker for reality type stuff, so I'd probably check that out. Yeah, and I guess what what I like about it is these people know each other. Like, it's not just a bunch of strangers, um, you know, being stuck on, you know, in Survivor being stuck on an island together. These people know each other, and, like, people are going to have fallout, and they work, like, in the office, because you, if you win, you win 10 grand. Okay. So it, um, there are stakes to this. It's not just for production and fun. It's for people actually trying to win money. It's it's interesting, and if you're willing to give it a shot, I, I say you should. It's 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 funny, and I'm enjoying it. And I don't even like Survivor. I don't even watch that much reality TV. <laughs> yeah, that sounds interesting. But if that's the only thing you watch, there's yep. nothing else you want to add, Craig. Then I don't think so. I think we're good. All right, then with that, uh, first off, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We hope you're enjoying everything, and thanks again for the support. Again, we are appreciative of it, and we only look to do bigger things come next year. Absolutely. If you're you're interested in getting involved in the uh, community we're trying to build, we have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a Twitch where I've been playing Kingdom Hearts on Proud Mode. If you're interested, it's I'm eventually, as I mentioned, I'm eventually going to get angry at this game. And it'll probably be funny for someone watching. Um, (laughs) And then we have a website, highsensitivitygaming.com, where Craig and I occasionally write pieces or reviews that we're going to put on that website. So look forward to that as well. Yeah. And with that, that's going to be it for episode 45. We'll see you guys next time. See you later. (laughs) 